Happy holidays, everybody. Um, so I'm here. This is Isabel. I am one half of the Something Shiny team. Um, and I am here to share a fun fact for you all, which is that um, so we're taking a break this month. Uh, David and I are trying to model the importance of taking breaks and resting. And I did such a good job doing that that I forgot that you know, it might make sense to rerun some good old classics for y'all. Um, and so I'm recording this uh, on the fly, <laughs> like the moment before I put this up on our uh, podcast feed. So yay, this is an oldie but a goodie. And it's, are we designed to procrastinate? Ah, I know it's kind of on the nose uh, in the best way. Again, wishing you all uh, the happiest holiday season, however you celebrate, reminding you it can look lots of different ways and there's no right way to get through this time of year. (laughs) And again, we'll be coming to you with some really cool new episodes in the new year. All right, without further ado, here's episode eight, Are We Designed to Procrastinate? Hello, I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. And you dropping your voice? That could be our first intro. So without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> In this episode, we're joined by Isabel's husband, Bobby who also has ADHD. Yay! Thank you, Bobby, for being here. We're talking about procrastination today, but a couple things to get started. We're going to be talking a lot about task versus emotionality. This comes from a pioneering psychoanalyst in the 40s, right around World War II. His name was Wilford Beyond, and he's a pioneer in group dynamics, group relation works. He would look at groups and how they got off task or how they managed to focus. And he defined Task versus emotionality as task was the thing that you were working on, what you were trying to accomplish. The emotionality were all the assumptions, emotions, beliefs, things that you did to get ready to work. When groups get totally distracted, they don't do work. Aside from that, I think you're ready to start today's episode. Let's stop procrastinating and let's talk about procrastination. As we talk about task versus emotionality and like trying to separate how you think you should do something with the task itself. Sometimes in my mind, I feel like I can't like divorce the two. Like, I don't know, help me understand how you can break the two apart. Cause like, how do I put this? I think sometimes, um, something like I'm picturing a task, like exercising, let's say. Okay. Okay. Right. Like for me to exercise in a way that feels like you know, of all the other things I could be doing in my day. Like I want to make sure that it's counting for something, right. Or it's, it's worth this investment. Right. 
And so I'm trying to, sorry, my dog just <laughs> intentional, like, Hey, you know what? Let's just like acknowledge Alex there's acknowledges- a fourth member of this podcast. It's Bez of the dog. It's the fourth member who's licking my knee. And she's just going to do her thing. And you know, we'll just all accept that. Um, so what I'm trying to say is like, how can I like, like, how could I phone it in if for me, the task requires, I don't phone it in. It's interesting that we're thinking about, I don't know, cha- like is that accommodations a bad as phoning it in. And the difference here, this is where I'd say, what is the task of working out? What would the task be for you? We, we're still, you are in, so am I, we're still treating, we're still thinking about these things as if we don't do them, we're doing them, if we don't do them the right way, that we're doing them the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know. My, my my brain is very slow to catch on to this idea. I think it's really resistant. Can to we it. can we use yes. the example of working out? Yes. Because I think it's a perfect example for what we're talking about. Yes. Um, let's say that your task is doing a class for 60 minutes or running five miles. Mm-hmm. And yeah. maybe even we get more specific, running five miles in, I don't know, 60 minutes. I don't, I'm not a runner, so obviously I don't know if that's good or bad, but the task is doing five miles in 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. That sounds hard. Is, <laughs> it, does, it really does, but it's probably not hard really for most people, but no, that sounds very hard to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter uh, what you're wearing. Does it matter what time of day you go? Hmm. Does it matter if it's raining or not? Does it matter? There are lots of things that we can get caught up in, in terms of the emotionality. Like I don't have the right mix or my clothes aren't matching. Or um, whatever, there the task of running is just based on the task of running mm-hmm. for that long. So does it matter if you're doing it on a track or a mountain trail? No, that's the emotionality. Does it matter if you're doing it uh, oh. around the block six times or in a gym? That's the emotionality. Huh? And it's our view of how it needs to be done the particular way that's emotionality, the task in and of itself dictates what you're supposed to do. In most arguments, especially ADHD arguments, the task dictates the structure of the argument. What are we supposed to be doing? What's the predominant task? Huh? So if my task is walking for two miles at night, doesn't matter how I walk for two miles. I could be walking Watching back a video and for, back and forth on the block, yeah, or what you're, however, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it might be less effective with the video, right. it's like a trip and fall, yeah. but oh, okay. So, for example, let's say it is exercise, right? So, it, it's just the fact that, like, because I'm thinking back to like a goal that I set for myself many years ago, again, for mostly medical reasons, which was like, it, I know I feel differently when I sweat once a day, mm-hmm. and I don't much care how I achieve this. It could be because I, you know, ran to the grocery store, or it could be because I like literally had to heave the groceries up and I sweat. Right. But that, that feeling of some like muscle exertion needed to happen versus the idea of, I need to make sure I make it to this class I've signed up for seven weeks in a row. Like that's always been really, really hard. And that's been something I often like beat myself up over or turn into like some, you know, I, it's the ADHD stuff. Like, totally so the task out. for you is sweating Yeah, that you turned into the emotionality of sweating only counts if I go to the class. Yeah. Or sweating only counts if I, Oh, I so see what I'm doing. Sorry. <laughs> this is like totally suddenly applying to like every area of my life. And so I'm just going to be a little quiet right now. Can we, <laughs> like, can we actually, can we, can we reverse engineer? Why do we do this? Why, why does an ADHD, 
deep brain do this? We punish ourselves for not following the right way. So there's two different things that you're asking. I think that's a really important question. You're kind of saying like, how come the ADHD brain is likely to even procrastinate in the first place? And then the second question is, and almost, and why do we discount doing it differently? I think those are two really important questions here. And I think we look at why someone procrastinates. It makes a lot of sense, scientifically speaking. The ADHD individual needs a specific amount of stimulation to do a task. Not enough, and they need to self-medicate. And too much, and they need to self-medicate in another direction. So if we think about your central nervous system, that's responsible for basically stimulation felt in your body. And the the emotions that we can experience that actually self-medicate would be anger, anxiety, and excitement. If you think about all those emotions, it's like you're not anxious with your heart not pounding, right? Right, Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like a cup of coffee. Sure. Or ADHD medication. Mm Mm-hmm. But what the medication will do for some people is it will give them the level of stimulation without the anger or anxiety or excitement so it can level a person out. So people procrastinate to create the threat of the threat or the risk to make it so that every moment they work towards task completion is actually alleviating stress. So there's no delay in gratification. That's totally, that's how I, that's how I feel like my brain oh, works. Oh yes. Like suddenly like like, because check, you're in this I'm a better stress, person because like, I've checked all these <gasps> things off. And yeah. now every time you accomplish something, you actually feel better. But two weeks earlier, if you had accomplished it, you wouldn't feel any different because you weren't actually stressed out. Yeah. Right. It would almost be like a, uh, meh. I just wasted thing. an afternoon yes, it's when I could have done something afternoon. else. Even though you got just as much done, it's like, meh, I guess I just didn't But there's no all. delay of gratification. And now you can see accomplishments much more effectively and completely. And the procrastination makes sense in terms of self-medicating. So why do we want to teach people to do it differently? Why not teach them to do it better? Procrastinate more effectively. I'm anxious now because I have a report. Well, aren't you supposed to not work on it until this Saturday? Yeah. Okay, so anxiety is not going to help now. Do you want to get anything ready for Saturday? Okay, I'll go to the store and get some cranberry juice or whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. So I know, and I love the idea. I'm just smiling at the idea. Like, okay. I kind of want to be that person. Is the, is the fuel. Yeah, like, I know, you know what I need when I work on my report? Cranberry juice. I'm just, you never you know. Need to, hey, you need to lay off the cranberry juice. <laughs> because you have a problem. It's good all around. It just made me smile. I enjoyed that. Yes. No. But, but it's about enabling the procrastination because there's going to be a neurological impediment for it. Your brain needs to experience that threat to feel that relief. Mm. So it's super important. We don't, that's why getting rid of it doesn't necessarily help, but helping everyone plan for it. Like this is the day this person turns into a monster. Whoa. I know. I know. You just heard me say the word monster. Let's qualify that a little bit. We all have a monster part. Really what we're talking about is extinction burst. This is a behavioral theory that means when you're no longer getting the reinforcement desired, your behavior dramatically increases in frequency, duration, and intensity in an effort to get that reinforcement. And then if it's not met, you surrender and change. The best way to think about this is with a TV remote. If you hit the power button, you expect your TV to turn on. That's the reinforcement. The moment you hit the power button and it doesn't turn on, You start dramatically hitting the button faster, right? Harder. You change angles. You might bounce it off a window or a mirror to try to get it to work. If it works, you put the remote down. You don't change behavior. You don't get a new battery. The day it doesn't work, the day you go through that extinction burst and it doesn't fire, you surrender and get a new battery. Now, when we're going through an extinction burst, that's the monster. We might be balling up our fists, stomping our feet, feeling really frustrated at the changes that we can't control. We just have to survive those moments. It's really important to plan out being a monster effectively. We all have monster parts. 
helping everyone plan for it. Like, this is the day this person turns into a monster. We're going to go to a movie or we're going to go to, you know, I'm going to leave, give you time to be a monster or because you're going to be a monster, you better leave and go somewhere else and come back when it's done. You enable the person to have the emotions. They're not wrong for having them. That's how they're supposed to work. Oh my gosh. So you're telling me that someone with ADHD can be like an out of control, angry anxious, whatever person, emotional person, and that they don't necessarily have to change that. They just have to channel it. And how they channel it is that they essentially like recognize they're going to do that and help everybody else around them sort of get on the team of either getting them out of the house or like, help me understand that part. It's agency around asking for what you need. I'm going to be a monster so we can mitigate mitigate variables, right? So I could be a monster in the middle of Lake Michigan where, you know, there's no light and there's no one around for seven miles. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's okay. What can we do to mitigate the damages? Is it easier to find a quiet place to be a monster or not be a monster? It's easier to find a quiet place to be a monster. And then all of a sudden, you get environmental conditioning and you get training that you're not experiencing being a monster in front of other people. So it becomes less likely that the monster comes out in public places rather than pretending like it won't happen and having it happen over and over again and learning that in public, I can turn into a monster. Or it's less likely that the monster status will <laughs> piss off people around you and then cause a secondary explosion mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. A, that spurred from the monster. Yes. Yes. All right. So <laughs> we're giving each other these like knowing looks. No, no, no. Well, I'm, yeah. I, we're giving each other these knowing looks because last week and we, you know, I feel like, and we kept in the, in the, argument in the in the tenseness that we had last last weekend mm-hmm. uh, where we had screaming kid and then we kept going you know you're spiraling i gotta take a break and so we take a break we were, and then, we were both like yeah. essentially going like i have adhd and i need the thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. i also have it yeah. and i need the thing and also our child is you know needing child is a toddler and yeah, is just being a toddler things. but it's interesting because i feel like without knowing exactly what we did. I mean, with knowing some of the things, why we did them, but I feel like now everything is so much more clear that today Mm -hmm. we were like last night you go, do you need to, do you need to leave? Cause I was, I'm stressing out, not in a frantic way, but stressing out about these prod, this project I got to get done. Mm -hmm. And you were like, what do you need? Do you need to leave? Do you need us to leave? Do you, and we figured it out. And there was, I worked all day here and you, and you and me being yeah. the kid busy. Yeah. Yeah. And then how many fights did you avoid? Zero. Zero. Oh yeah. We didn't avoid. have any fights. Oh, we avoided, avoided all of them. Like all of them. Like, and you so did that without fights. having to use any self-control. Yeah. You did that without having to utilize any energy in terms of self-control or inauthentic energy. You embraced the moment. Yeah. I wasn't like stifling being upset. And there were, there were things today that I know could have been, you know, false triggers for, you know, for an argument, Mm -hmm. but they, it was just like, uh, you know, Oh, Hey, can you do this? Like, I mean, even as simple as like, Oh, can you put a dish in the sink or can you put a dish in the dishwasher? Whatever, you know? Oh yeah. And I feel like at another time it'd be like, I'm sorry, I don't do it well enough for you. No, I'm not saying, (laughs) what are you talking about? What do you find? I didn't, why'd you look at me like that? What are we, you know what I mean? And it's not about that. It's about everything but that, you know? I'm smiling because also like, oh, like, I don't want to, like, it's not about airy, dirty laundry as much as it's like. No, it's airing dirty dishes. It's airing. (laughs) I think, I think in a lot of ways though, like being clear about how, what this really looks like Mm -hmm. in real life is so helpful because everyone is thinking everyone, and this goes back to the other question that you asked. Everyone with ADHD believes they're actually an imposter. 
Yes. That they're, that they're I mean, I say that like I know everyone, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, it, but it's true. And all of a sudden, when we start talking like this, everyone else thinks in their head, like, no, no, it's worse. Or no, my, my stories are different. Or or I have a worse skeleton in my closet. And then, so all of a sudden, when things like this start coming out, it's like, well, I, they, they turn into monsters and they have to leave the house? It's like, yes. Mm. Like, we all do. And that's important to kind of honor. No one here doesn't turn into a monster. We're all monsters. <laughs> Monsters Incorporated, <laughs> yeah. right? Monsters like, Incorporated. But we're not all bad monsters, and not all monsters are bad. And I think we have to start thinking about changing the way we think about these terms. The reason mm-hmm. I bring that up is, Bobby, going back to your question, there's a lot of, I mean, using a bombastic word, there's a lot of relational trauma for people that grow up with ADHD or other learning differences, right? Because mm-hmm. ADHD isn't always a learning disability, but it, it also can be. Mm-hmm. You see everyone else learn and do classwork in a way that you can't. Other people can magically sit down and read a book, but you can't. And your brain as a child doesn't go, well, obviously you can't read a book because there's too much confusing stimulation in this environment, (laughs) so I can't focus. Like your brain doesn't do that. Your brain goes, you can't focus because you're stupid. Mm. Or you can't focus because you're not trying hard enough. Mm. Or if you tried a little bit harder, or if you really just followed the rules like the person said, or if you just use a highlighter to cover every word, maybe you'll remember it, but not think about, you know, you're reading a book about Napoleon and you're thinking about whether or not you lock the back door for two pages. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a real difference. And it creates this conflict because once kids turn around, you know, boys and girls are different. Girls mature, of course, faster. But like right around the, you know, between 7 and 11, we'll say for kids, all of a sudden their peers start normalizing their world and not their parents. So their whole life growing up, that them learning these individual ways and doing it their own way, like it makes sense and it's okay. And then all of a sudden you go to school and you realize you're the you're only one. You're not part one. of the group. Yeah. 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 You're like not part of the tribe. You're, you're weird. You're, yeah, someone's yeah. off. So yeah. how is relaxation portrayed on television? How does someone enjoy a relaxing day? Oh, it's always wine in a spa. I get so, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, I have and, issues with that. Yes. I don't even, I'll, I'll claim it now. I don't like wine. And, and here's the I thing. I don't. What? <laughs> and can I put you on the spot for a second? Yeah. And when you were trying to do self-care, you tried to give yourself baths, even though you don't like them. And I don't like baths. But I it's also don't like baths. But it's associated with a spa. Yeah. And there's a part of us that thinks other other people or everyone else is doing it right. We're just not taking in the input right. And I think when we think about how we invalidate, we judge the way we're doing it. Do you know it. how many baths I've sat through? Do you how, know many how many more baths, baths are you going to sit through? That's a good question. Maybe or, no more. Or maybe you try a bath with a movie you've been waiting to see. Yes. Or you know why? I like the reason I convinced myself I like baths because I like to swim. I like to. I love to swim, but I hate baths. It, a bath and swimming feel like very different behaviors. One feels like sitting and not moving in water. <laughs> exactly. And the other one sounds like moving in water. I really dislike not moving in water. They both that is exactly what it is. Water. I hate not being able to move in water. And I it bothers me. A shower is different because at least the water's moving. Yeah. Something's yeah. moving. You Something's can pretend moving. like you're flying if you close your eyes. And the water's moving all around you. Whoa. That's like when you pause when you're watching snowfall and you can imagine the building is being lifted up. Oh and yeah, the snow is staying in one place. Oh oh, I have this fancy totally all the time when snow place. is coming at me that I believe the planet is flying. Yes yes, yeah. where I'm like whoa, like we're flying at the snow. We totally just saw something shiny. We did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've never actually of all the things that my brain goes and adventures off on, I've never thought of those things, and I love it. So. 
Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, but just go, just kind of consolidating, like why the ADHD brain is meant and designed to procrastinate and why ADHD individuals often believe that their naturalized humanistic thoughts are wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah. sometimes they're really not. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you.